Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the BU with Declan Edwards podcast. You are about to listen to season three, episode two of 15 Minute Mindset. If you're new here, let me tell you what that is. That is our show where in 15 minutes or less, I teach you a technique, a tool, a resource, a strategy, something that can help you improve your mindset and well-being in a really practical way. Now, this episode is in particular quite a special one because we're going to split it into two. There's just so much knowledge and value to be gained from this topic that I couldn't possibly do it in 15 minutes or less. So what we're going to be doing is in this episode, we're going to dive into and I'm going to reveal the seven common thinking mistakes that will hold you back from happiness. So these are the seven thinking errors that I see more frequently than anything else amongst our members, amongst people coming into the BU community and amongst people I interact with when it comes to their well-being. And then a few weeks from now, when we do episode three of this season, we are going to be diving into the seven behavior mistakes that will hold you back from happiness. So these are your red flags, your warning signs. If any of them hit home for you and you're like, oh my God, I can see myself doing that. I can see that I'm falling into that thinking trap or I've fallen into that behavior trap. When we look at in a couple of weeks time at behaviors, then that's a really good sign for you to work on that because it's like a little barricade and a little block to you actually fulfilling your potential, learning how to manage your mind more effectively, master your emotions and truly thrive in life. So with that said, let's jump straight into this episode and reveal the seven common thinking mistakes that will hold you back from true happiness. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so without further ado, we're going to jump straight into it. These are the seven thinking mistakes that we see coming up consistently that will hold you back from experiencing true, genuine, and lasting happiness. Now, they're in no particular order. It's not to say that the first one is the most important and the seventh is the seventh important. They're just the seven that have come up as we've explored this and really reflected on not only my journey as a coach and our team, but also obviously our members' lives as well and what we're seeing out there when people are approaching their personal development and well-being. So they may not all apply to you. That's okay. I think the important thing is as you approach these, you remain open, you remain curious and you go, okay, of those seven, I can see myself getting stuck in maybe three of them, maybe four of them. And then you use that as a sign and a signal and a point of direction on what you should be working on to begin freeing yourself emotionally a little bit more and moving more and more towards a life of happiness and fulfillment. So the first one that we're going to look at is this idea that losing weight will automatically make you happier. This is something that we see so commonly. We see it on social media. We see it in gyms. It's right throughout the fitness industry. And it's something that I experienced myself. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'd know that my journey into personal development and emotional well-being really started from the belief that if I lost weight, I'd be happier. You know, why this is a mistake is it ends up that we end up hinging our entire happiness on one physical change that is remarkably difficult to achieve and sustain in a healthy way. So all of the research says that long-term healthy weight loss is actually remarkably difficult to do. But the other thing that's challenging about this is it's getting the cause and effect wrong. So this is the idea that I will love my body more when I lose weight. And what we know is it's actually, in a way, the exact opposite. The solution to this mistake, the one that's freed myself and freed a lot of our members, 
is realizing that when you focus on developing a healthy relationship with yourself and with your body, you're more likely to look after yourself as a result. And you know what? Maybe some weight loss comes as a result of that. Maybe it doesn't. The important thing is you begin looking after yourself in a way that is much healthier and much more sustainable. So rather than going, I'll be happy when I lose weight, we go, or I'll finally love myself when I lose weight, we realize when I work on my own relationship with myself, I'm more likely to look after myself and maybe weight loss comes as a result of that. And it's done in a much healthier way. Now, on a similar vein, the second thinking pattern that can really get in the way of happiness is this idea that all you need to do for self-care is exercise and eat better. Now, don't get me wrong. I think exercising and eating well are very important. They're incredibly valuable things to do. But self-care is much like having a balanced and varied diet. Just because something is good for you doesn't mean you can live off it alone. We all know that vegetables are good for us. But if all you ever did was eat broccoli, you're not going to be healthy. It's the same with your self-care. Exercise and eating well are incredibly beneficial for your self-care. Don't get me wrong on that. But they only meet one type of self-care. They might touch on the others, but they're not directly designed for it. So there's actually three types of self-care. And this is where this belief that all you need to do for self-care is go to the gym and eat well. This is where it really misses the mark because those are designed to help with your physical self-care and well-being. And they may touch a little bit on the other two, which are our mental well-being and our emotional well-being, but they're not designed specifically for it. It's trying to jam a round peg into a square hole. So the solution to this one is to really intentionally and proactively develop a balanced and holistic approach to your self-care routine that nurtures you mentally, emotionally, and physically. So you'll have strategies like exercising and eating well that are designed for your physical well-being. But then you'll have other strategies and techniques that are specifically designed for your mental development and growth and that are specifically designed for your emotional or spiritual self-care. We need to get the right strategies for the right type of self-care. Now, we have a whole podcast episode of that. If you go back into last season, in season two, there is an episode talking about the self-care cups and you can learn about the three types of self-care and how to begin building that more balanced and holistic approach. If we change gears for a little bit, the third thinking pattern that really gets in the way, and it's so common, unfortunately, is this idea that you should be able to manage your emotions on your own. It's such a common misconception and it really slows a lot of people down in their personal development and well-being journey. Now, the reason this is a mistake is because it's really hard to see past our own blind spots as people. It's also really hard to hold ourselves genuinely accountable. I've been doing this for eight years now and I still have a coach and a big part of that is so I have someone there holding me accountable and I have someone there who can see something that I cannot always see. They can point out my blind spots, they can give different ideas that I otherwise wouldn't have. It's a great masterminding capacity. Now, could you do all of your personal development and self-care and well-being work on your own? Yes, you could, but it's likely to be a lot slower, messier, and a lot more painful than just asking for directions and asking for help. Think of it like you're driving your car around and you're in a foreign country. You're looking for somewhere to go. You know where you want to get to. You have an idea of where you are. You're not quite sure how to get there. Could you eventually make it to your destination? Yes, without a doubt. But you're probably going to have a lot of wrong turns on the way, a lot of frustrations, and a lot of unnecessary hurt. Whereas if you just asked for help, if you asked for directions, if you ask for advice and guidance, preferably from someone who knows the territory and knows the route, then of course you're going to get there much more effectively. 
And that's the solution to this thinking problem of being fiercely independent and trying to look after your mental and emotional well-being all on your own. It's simply to ask for help and sur- surround yourself with a team of the right people. So I'm talking friends, family, coaches, mentors, and other professionals. People who have your back and can help you progress more effectively and more efficiently. A fourth thinking pattern that really gets in the way is this idea that you need to hit rock bottom before asking for help. So we just mentioned that a big solution to the last thinking pattern was asking for help. But oftentimes we find people won't ask for help until they're at rock bottom. And I believe that's a huge reflection of society's approach to mental health and emotional well-being as a whole. Unfortunately, it is designed in a way where, you know, we regularly hear the saying, oh, I was thinking of going to see a psychologist, but I wasn't that bad yet. Or you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you don't need that yet. It's like, well, that's a very reactive approach to take to your mental and emotional well-being. It would be like if you went to a doctor and they said, don't bother exercising until you had a heart attack. We know that that's absolute madness, but that's kind of the approach that as a society we take towards mental health and emotional well-being. There is no better time than right now to work on improving your mental and emotional well-being. There's a great Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was a thousand years ago. The second best time is now. I believe that if we can embody that and go, you know what? I don't need to hit rock bottom. I don't need to burn out. I don't need to really emotionally suffer before doing something about it. Because when we have that belief that I need to hit rock bottom before asking for help, it means all we're doing is relying on pain motivation. And it's likely we'll get stuck in this yo-yo pattern where you go get some help until you feel okay or good enough. And then you stop getting the help and advice. You stop getting guidance. You stop being held accountable. You stop taking action on things that will improve your well-being. And inevitably, life throws a curveball and we slide right back to square one again. So again, the solution to this one is be proactive with your well-being. Take action before shit hits the fan and keep your momentum up even when things seem to be going well. Coaching and personal development is not just for when you're struggling. It's also for when things are going well to ensure they stay well. Now, our next thinking pattern that really gets in the way of happiness is this idea that it's selfish to work on yourself when everyone else around you needs your help. This is a reflection of tall poppy syndrome, of really putting everyone else's needs ahead of our own. And unfortunately, it's one of the quickest ways to burn out. So you can't give to others authentically when you're not topping your own cup up along the way. I'm sure by now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard me tell the story of the oxygen mask analogy. When we're on the plane, they say, in case of an emergency, an oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling. Please secure yours before helping those around you. It's the exact same theory when it comes to your mental and emotional well-being and your personal development. If you're giving to everyone else but not yourself, you'll feel burnt out, overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, and in some cases, even resentful of your loved ones for asking for help. So the solution to this one is ensure that you're in your top five priorities at all times. Focus on filling your cup, expanding your cup, growing it, and then using it to pour into the lives of others and to give back and help in a much more sustainable way and in a way that doesn't lead to resentment and to your own detriment emotionally. A second last one we're looking at in this episode is the idea that I'm too busy to prioritize myself. And it falls into that trap of if I just had more time, everything would be better. Now, I know I've fallen into this trap before. I know plenty of people have. If you're listening, you can probably count the number of times in the last week alone. You've gone, if only I had more time in the day. Here's the thing though. There's never going to be more time. 
There's never going to be enough of it. It's just going to keep passing. What this is a reflection of is not a time issue, it's a priority issue. It's a reflection of you consistently putting your own well-being on the back burner. And again, this really plays into what we just spoke about, where it's, again, a quick path to burnout. It's a quick path to overwhelm. It's a quick path to exhausting yourself. And the solution to it is to focus less on managing time and focus more on managing your priorities in life. As I said, there's no more time coming. You can't create any more of it. You can't snap your fingers and make more suddenly appear. You know, I love, there's a, uh, a great story and a great analogy that we share around the available minutes in the day. So let's say, for example, if we were to flip it into money terms, you woke up and every single day you had $1,440 given to you. It was just gifted, nearly a grand and a half. And you reflected and you went, I don't actually know where I'm spending that each day. Like it just goes at the end of every day. And no matter what you do, it keeps going. What's the better solution here? Is it to sit down and wish that you were being gifted more than $1,440? Or is it to sit down and get really clear on where you're spending that money and become very intentional about using it more effectively? And obviously the answer is to get clear on what we're doing with it. I mean, that is a fair chunk of money. It's a bit over 10 grand a week. That's a half million dollar salary a year. And it's gifted to you every day. Now, this isn't money that we're talking about. You may have already wised up to it. We're talking about time. Every day, you're given 1,440 minutes. Every single person is. The question becomes not how do I get more minutes in my day, but how do I use the minutes I'm given in a more effective and healthy way? And so that's what I'd highly encourage you to start thinking of. Where are you spending your time? Because it passes one way or another. And what I've found consistently is a lot of people who complain there's not enough time in the day somehow also find time for social media and Netflix. It's about being real with ourselves and actually going, you know what? I have time there. It's just I'm spending it on things that aren't valuable to my well-being or aren't useful for my life. Now, last but not least common thinking pattern that we see holding people back from happiness and really fulfilling their potential in life, especially once they've started their personal development journey. So this might be you've tiptoed your way in, you've started listening to podcasts like this, you've read books, you're really getting involved in in the personal development industry. It's easy to fall into the trap of believing if I don't get this straight away, then it's not right for me. And this is such a common mistake that is made by perfectionism and a high achiever drive. It really overlooks the value of struggling forward and it overlooks the value of failing. Failing is a very useful part of the learning process. If we don't embrace it, we actually end up putting a very low ceiling on our growth potential as an individual. It ends up keeping us trapped in the same patterns emotionally and the same coping mechanisms that we already feel comfortable with. Think to any other skill you've learned in life. And by the way, happiness and thriving and well-being are definitely skills. They can be learned, taught, developed, trained over time. Any other skill you've learned in life, be it learning guitar, riding a bike, learning to walk, you didn't get that straight away. I've never met someone who picks up a guitar and instantly goes, right, I'm going to be Jimi Hendrix tomorrow, or this is not for me. We know that we have to embrace the suck. The sucky, shitty part of learning a new skill where we're fumbling and failing and screwing up, and it feels like we're not going to get it, and then eventually something clicks, and we begin taking big leaps forward. Now, the best way to move through that suck and that real tough part of learning a new skill 
especially when it comes to our internal skills like personal development and well-being, is again, ask for guidance and get help. Because if you have the right tools and the right strategies in your corner, as well as the right support network and team, you are so much more likely to master that skill in a shorter time period. So with that said, those are the seven thinking patterns that we really see getting in the way of people when it comes to their personal development and their well-being journey. They're the seven thinking patterns that can hold you back from a happy and fulfilling life. I'd highly encourage you to take a moment now to reflect on them and go, how many of those hit home for me? How many of those do I see myself doing? And then from there, if you'd like some help and guidance with them, as some of the advice from today was, the best strategy is to have the right team and tools in your corner. If you don't know where to turn to get that, feel free to shoot us a message, jump on our website and get in touch. And if we're not the right fit for you, we will be able to help you find someone who is. So that way you have the direction, you have the strategies and you have the team to help you begin to thrive. And that brings us to the end of this episode of 15 Minute Mindset. Don't forget, this was merely the first half of it in two weeks' time. The next episode will be coming out and it will be revealing the seven common behavior mistakes that hold people back from true happiness. Now, if you love this episode, you know what to do. It does mean the world to me and the team. If you give us a bit of a thumbs up, a bit of a subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and of course, make sure you leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening through. As I said, it does help us spread a positive ripple effect and impact more lives out there. We do this each and every week because we care and we want to make sure that this knowledge and these tools and strategies are accessible to as many people as possible. And we can't do that without your help. There's people in your life who'd really benefit from listening to this podcast who will not find out about it if you don't introduce it to them. Now, if you have been listening for a while and you'd like to get some more guidance and advice and tailored help with accelerating your personal development and well-being journey, don't forget you can jump onto our website. You can find out more about our signature personal development and well-being accelerator program where you get paired up one-on-one with a coach to meet your goals and your needs who's going to help you learn how to manage your mind and master your emotions so you can begin thriving. Now, positions are very, very close to being booked out. We're so close to being filled. So if you've been thinking about it for a while, make sure you follow the links in the show notes. You head across to the website. You download our coaching info kit. It will provide all the info that you need to find out more about the program. And then you'll get a call from me or one of the team to help you take those next steps forward. And just do that double check that there is a good fit here. Now, as always, until the next time we talk, you know what we do. Make an impact. Start with self and be you.